Good morning, Rhode Island. It's a nice spring Friday morning here in the Ocean State, and we have a pretty good show for you guys here on RIU2. I'm joined by a bunch of esteemed members of the University of Rhode Island sports media community, and we're going to be discussing a little bit about Rhode Island men's basketball and the tumultuous season that Archie Miller and co. had to deal with in the first rebuilding year here in Kingston. So I'm joined here today with Aiden Garvey of the Five Cent Cigar. What's going on, Mark? Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, Nathan Robillard, also of the Five Cent Cigar. Excited to be here. Uh, Cam E. Simone of Cam's Corner. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Mark. And Adam Bernstein of Roadie Rumble. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. All right, so, gentlemen, you guys were all there. We were all at numerous games together. We all saw how this team was going on. And, I mean, just to kind of refresh... The team finished 9-22 and this year. That, I believe, is the worst program record since Dan Hurley's first season, where I think he had, I think he went almost 8-23. and um, I got knocked out in the first round of the Atlantic 10 Championships and have right now currently have four guys from their team in the portal, and they're losing Malik Martin to graduation, still unsure about Jalen Carey. So, I mean, just kind of going around... What would you say was like your just initial thoughts about the season? Like once it came to a conclusion, what would you say were like initial thoughts? Let's start with Aiden. Well, with the new coach, you're 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 obviously not expecting an Atlantic Ten title right off the bat. Like that's not something that you see as a foreseeable option, which is logistically. But I don't think any of us expected a nine and twenty two season. Uh, I don't think that Archie had the players that he wanted to play with. I don't think that the players fit the system. He's a very meticulous coach. And if you don't fit his system to a T, you're not going to succeed. And I think we saw a lot of that this year. I feel like many were surprised at that when you say, like, how the system really wasn't able to kind of work after he had brought in a bunch of, like, younger guys from recruits and they brought in guys like Brayon Freeman from the transfer portal. I think some people kind of jumped the gun in that sense where they thought, all right, he's bringing in his recruits, then they should automatically fit the system. But then you're talking about guys who are young, who are pretty raw. They've got potential, but it's not like, they're sort of like an uncut gem at the moment. You saw that with guys like Rory Stewart who had to take almost the entire season to really get um, developing and get some serious minutes under his belt. So I totally agree with you that people were completely surprised that you could have a 9-22 season like that. And I mean... When you look at it this way, when you look at the team on paper, I mean, some of you guys might touch upon this in a minute, but when you look at it on paper, that's not really a squad you'd expect to go 9-22. and 22. You'd expect them to at least come close to 500. Because, I mean, in, from my eyes, I mean, you guys may think differently, but I thought it was a pretty similar team in terms of talent at last year. And then last year they made the second round of the Atlantic 10 Championships. So, I mean, so, I mean yeah, yeah, Nathan, you, you got to jump in here. Give me yeah. some of your thoughts. I, I, I agree with Aiden a lot, but it was really a roller coaster of a season. Um, you you kind of – so you open up with that loss against Quinnipiac, and you're like, okay, so there's some, there's some work to do. Um, clearly you lost against a team you shouldn't be losing against. And then, like, later in the season you're at home in that four – you know, that stretch of home games where they won four in a row – you know, they got a good crowd. You're winning against Fordham. You're winning against Dayton. You're bringing VCU to the buzzer. Um, you're kind of seeing glimpses of what Archie Miller can bring to the program. Um, it's unfortunate because he can't really build on that exact success because he's losing so many of those players. But again, I think <coughs> the nature of rebuilds is that sometimes you sometimes this happens, and sometimes you miss, and sometimes you have a bad first season. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see kind of 
you know, where he goes from here and, and what he does coming into next season because we're essentially, you know, back at square one again. But I, th- I think this season showed that there's potential. I, it's just it's just going to be how he works with it from here on out. Yeah. I mean, I think the A-10 in general is just a tough conference. I mean, I feel like Rhode Island had a, they have a lot of talent. Like, you look at the roster, like, a lot, a lot of talent. And guys coming from, like, big powerhouse schools, like someone like Alex Chiku coming from Alabama, someone like uh, Jalen Carey coming from, like, Syracuse, like, big-name schools. Um, and, you know, the beginning of the season, I remember going to the first few practices, like, they were open to, like, anybody and students. Like, there was, like, nobody there. But for someone like me, like, going in and looking at these practices, um, Archie kind of reminded me of, like, my old high school coach, uh, Dan Mazzula. I mentioned him all the time. But um, his son, Justin, is one of the assistants. And, you know, obviously he has a lot of his mannerisms and things like that. But I feel like the players didn't um, – I mean, I could be wrong because obviously I only went to one or two practices. But um, the way that Archie kind of, you know, delivered himself, like the way he yelled and got into his players, I feel like sometimes players take that the wrong way. Um, you know, they're not yelling at you, they're yelling at you to, you know, get better and not, not like, you know, there's a message behind that. There's not just like, oh, I'm yelling at you to yell at you and, you know, if you're not playing well, they want you to get better and improve. Um, and I, I don't think players took that, you know, well. I mean, again, I don't quote me on that because I wasn't at every single practice, but um, again, like, it, again, it's tough to lose someone like Brian Freeman too midway through the season and then expect Sebastian Thomas kind of to pick up that starting role like right away <coughs> off the bat, but I mean, you know, it's tough to, like I said, tough to, you know, adapt to that, you know, midway through the season. Yeah, I think Archie Miller put it best at his introductory press conference. He, he pretty much said, you know, the first couple of times he sat down with the media, you know, we're not, don't expect us to win a lot of games. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. And when you take over a program, you know, you don't expect to win a lot. It's just how it goes. I mean, like you said, Dan Hurley, when he took over, they were 8-23. It was the last time that... Rhode Island had finished with single-digit wins in in the regular season. So, you know, you don't expect to win a lot of games. And for that, you know, Archie was walking into a situation a year away from college basketball. He was doing a podcast similar to this. So he kind of got a little bit of a taste from the media, um, you know, the back end of it. But he was away from coaching. He had to kind of recollect himself. And he also had a lot of players that he was working with that he did not know before. They, like Aiden said, he did not recruit to his style. He had to inherit them. And now you look at the guys who are in the transfer portal, all of them being from the prior coaching staff. Um, I think it's going to come down to the next step. Uh, like Nathan said, going back to square one, recruiting around uh, the guys that you currently brought in, you know, that this current staff has brought in, like Brennan Weston or Alex Chiku and Bilal when he gets healthy. And I think as for the freshmen, you have to remember, and I think a lot of fans forgot this as the season went on, this is their first time playing college basketball the D1 level or just in general. So, you know, players or, or fans would get hard on, uh, you know, Brandon Weston for making a mistake or Rory Stewart. You know, Brandon Weston only played one game at Seton Hall. Rory Stewart, you know, didn't have a lot of confidence. That had to come as the season went on. When Bilal went down with an injury, he got a little bit more comfortable and had to fit into that role. So I think it, it's going to take time, but that's why we have the transfer portal. And, you know, within a year now, you can jump up from 14 to 5, 6, or 7. Um, And that's just the beauty of college basketball. But I think for Rhode Island fans, they just need to stick with Archie because a lot of it isn't his fault, and you can't really point the finger at anyone in this situation. Yeah, I feel like Rhode Island fans carry a lot of expectation when it comes to men's basketball because you had, during the Hurley era, that was the most successful era since like the the 80s and 90s when we made the uh, national championship, went up and played um, Oklahoma, played Oregon. Um, So like when you have, you go from that, 
then when Harley leaves to go to UConn, then you go to David Cox, who was basically his protege, you think, all right, maybe the system will kind of carry over. You've got someone that was following Dan Hurley the entire time. You should be able to replicate some of that success. And then as it gradually starts to get worse and worse, fans start to get a little bit more uncomfortable about it. They're like, all right, what's going on? And then when people, when they, when Thor had gotten rid of Cox after last year's Atlantic 10 championship, I think fans were kind of excited thinking that, all right, we're going to have, we've got good players. Let's bring in a good coach. These, they probably assumed that these players were pretty versatile and that they could fit multiple systems. And I mean, when you've got a guy like Ish Leggett, he usually can. But some of these other players, not to say that, not to say this in a, a rude way, but some of them are a little two-dimensional, where it's like they can't, they really only work in like one or two particular systems. So when you come into this season, you get a huge name like Archie Miller, a name that Rhode Island fans are very privy to, basketball fans are privy to. It's one of the biggest families in college basketball. You get super excited about it, and so then I feel like that the expectations coming into this season were pretty high. Because I feel like a lot of people didn't really listen to what Archie Miller had to say. At Like you had mentioned at the introductory press conference that he had said that this is going to be a rebuilding year. That this was going to be a very difficult year. That it's going to take a lot of time to get back to like the golden era of Rhode Island men's basketball. And I feel like that people kind of like heard that. But I don't really feel like people truly listened to it. Because as the season sort of went on, you saw a lot of people really start to turn on the team. You had a lot of people start to criticize a lot of the younger guys. And then you had fans just stop showing up. Like, I remember students, they just, you had student section games that were almost completely empty. Once you get, like, two games below 500, the student section completely emptied out. So I feel like that it, there were a lot of issues that on the court that we can get into. Like, there was a lot of system stuff. You had a lot of chemistry problems. But I feel like one of the things is that a lot of the fans got pretty hard on the team. And it was very premature. But I, I also totally agree with what everything you guys said about like how the, you really can't get any lower. It's got to go up from here. And I feel like that's what fans are going to start to expect now. Now that they realize, all right, we had a very bad season. It's going to improve now that the system's going to kind of go sort of in Miller's favor. Um, so, I mean, kind of just talking about one of the things that I had been focusing on at the end of the season was just the player personnel and how players sort of gelled as the season went on. You obviously saw... Brayon Freeman, he had gotten dismissed. I mean, it's they obviously didn't say why, but most of us can kind of tell that there was some stuff going on behind the scenes with Brayon and Miller, and that kind of just sort of was a peek into some of the locker room issues. And we saw it last year with players like the Mitchell Twins where there was some egos in the locker room, and like when you start to have a team that's sputtering out, you've got guys that can really sort of get their egos inflated when they have good games. So, I mean... Now, seeing that all these guys hop in the portal, what do you guys think is next for the player personnel for Miller? Obviously, he's got to recruit in to get guys that fit his system. But, I mean, guys like Leggett, he still has his option to come back to URI. Do you think that he'll take it? Do you think, like, Jalen Carey may stay for his fifth year? Like, what do you guys think the personnel is going to look like next year? I mean, any of you can kind of take this. I mean, this. I think that Ish entered the portal for a reason. I mean, you're averaging 16 points a game. I think... I mean, I have no in, like, actual like source for this, but I don't think that Ish comes back. I think Ish gets a Power 5 offer and bolts off, and as he should. I mean, if, I, if I'm averaging 16 points a game, I don't want to play for a rebuilding team. And obviously, I think that 
a conversation between between him and Archie happened about the future of this team and the direction that they're going, and that's the reason why Ish went into the portal. And uh, I don't think that Jalen comes back either. I mean, I think it season's been over logistically for three-ish weeks now, and I think that if you haven't decided that you're going to come back, especially with a team that you just played for for three years, I think it, it pretty much can be said that you're going as well. So you need to get a really good guard and one that can move the ball at that. I feel like that was something that they really struggled with this year was ball movement and just just moving the ball uh, up court and just in the offensive zone. It's just a lot of a lot of turnovers, just missed passes. They need a really just solid pass-first point guard, and they need a, a scoring shooting guard as well. Kind of touching on what you were talking about with Ish, as of a week ago, he's he's been in the portal for a little over a week, and then as of a couple days ago, the 19th, He's received offers from schools like Arkansas, Georgia, <laughs> Butler, Oklahoma, Ohio State, uh, Vermont, Towson, SMU, Charlotte, William & Mary. So, I mean, you've got Power 5 schools there. They're, I wouldn't say that they're the, they're the most successful schools. And, I mean, you can't really count Arkansas because Arkansas has been looking at every single player in the portal. And there's probably 800 players in the portal. But you're looking at these. There are some legitimate Power 5 schools in there. But, I mean, considering that... A lot of these schools had below 500 records, just like Rhode Island. I feel like that that's going to factor into a little bit more of his decision. I think I think one of the things about Ish, uh, you know, that have, has been a talking point is he was in the portal last year too, and then he came back. Um, so you know, the thought process for a lot of people is, you know, why would he go in twice? Um, and and I under and la, you know, last year's at a different point, going into his sophomore year, still. A bunch of time left playing college basketball and kind of want to test out the waters of the Archie Miller uh, rebuild. And I think I think this is well, like Aiden said, this, this might be the case with Jalen too. Is that there's not a lot of time left for them anymore, and now we kind of see that this could take a while. This rebuild can take a few years. So I I almost kind of agree with Aiden just because if they get a better offer. I don't see them sticking around just because they don't have that much time left. But like you said, you know, you, you just have to see how the transfer portal plays out. But one of the, one of the other things I think um, was huge, like, and one of the things that really wasn't Archie's fault was the loss of Joseph Apollau midway through the season. That was that was huge. It was it was devastating um, because we haven't been able to re- replace him since. I mean, you have your you know, big guys like Abdu Salman and, and Alex Chiku, but in my opinion, really weren't able to replicate what he did. I mean, especially in the game he got injured versus UMass Lowell. Um, some of the blocks he made and, and some of the plays, you know, in, in the front court, I, I haven't seen that since he, you know, has been on the court in the beginning of the season. I mean, he's almost seven feet tall. He can shoot from mid-range. He can shoot from beyond the arc. He's got incredible perimeter, um, uh, paint defense. So he's really kind of like an all-around forward that Rhode Island's kind of hoping Jer- uh, Fumena is going to be when he comes in for his redshirt freshman year. So I feel like they, I agree with you. That was a major loss. And you that's when you started to see kind of Rory Stewart kind of forced in the fold because he was brought in as a shooting power forward, but his shot was still kind of off. He wasn't fully comfortable in the scheme in terms of defense and offense. But when you lose a guy like Joseph Apollau, who contributes so much on offense and defense, you have to make up for that. And then when you've got a guy like Abdu Sam, who also entered the portal... He doesn't really contribute that much offensively. He's strong on defense because of his height, but he's not really versatile when it comes to offense. So that's when you sort of have to force guys like Rory Stewart into the fold. 
I mean, that kind of worked toward the end of the season because he started to really develop, get some games under his belt. He got some serious points. He even got some big minutes in the Atlantic 10 Championships. So I feel like that kind of worked for him, sort of how it worked for Sebastian last year when he got thrown into the fold. But um, I, I agree with you. That was a crucial loss. I feel like that could have been the difference between getting like 15 wins, 13, 14 wins versus getting nine because he was so crucial at the five yeah. spot for Rhode Island. I yeah. think that, sorry, I hate, cut, I hate to cut you off. No, I think no. that Rory completely changed his jump shot, honestly. Because I remember in the beginning of the year, I would cover uh, a woman's game with Nathan, and then Rory would come out onto the floor after, and it was an empty Ryan Center. It, it was maybe me, Nathan, and three other media people just having a conversation, and Rory was just out on the court by himself. And he would just, and it wasn't even the pressure of a game because he was bricking shots just by himself, where a Division One athlete should just be making those automatically. And then you see a complete shift to the end of the year where he's making shots like in a sold-out game at uh, Loyola Chicago and just draining them on the road. And it just it was a complete shift in mentality and play style. He looked more confident in, in himself and his shot in general. And I think it's going to build off of that. I mean, I was, I was not a pure supporter of Rory Stewart in the beginning. I thought that he was not playing within his play style and his scheme. And once he fixed that shot, he developed it, and he became a lot more of a dominant player who I think has a lot to offer, especially with his size and his shot combination. I think he could be something really special next year, but it, it also just, if, is he going to have that same role next year, depending on who they bring in to the portal? Uh, I think that's really interesting to think about. Yeah, I mean, just adding on to that, I mean, I feel like that's one of the reasons why Archie brought him in. I mean, his three-point shooting and the weight, the height that he brings, I mean, he can play, you know, both ends of the ball. He can play from beyond the arc or he can play down low, and I feel like that's something that, you know, I see the coaching staff working with him a lot is, you know, definitely footwork and, like, you know, being that paint presence because a lot of times, again, like we said, with Joseph Fat being out, he kind of had to play that 4-5 or five role where he's got to box out these big guys in the A-10 um, and get rebounds and go back. Like, a lot of his points didn't come from beyond the arc. They came from easy twos or second chance opportunities so I mean um, kind of again getting him into that system and I mean, again he's one of the players that I've seen all season like Aiden was saying just in an empty Ryan Center shooting by himself who really wants it you can tell he really wants it um, and being a true freshman too that's something you want as a coaching staff you know what I mean and I mean going back to what you said about like the portal and somebody like Ish and um, players that have transferred out like the Mitchell twins I mean you know they're playing great in our Arkansas system you know you see him a lot getting a lot of minutes big time minutes and like producing you know, somewhat pretty decent, you know what I mean? And Ish definitely sees that, and I feel like maybe, you know, Arkansas is definitely a school that's on his, not maybe on, on his radar, but they're definitely toned into him and they want to grab him. I mean, maybe that's a school he's considering because, again, the chemistry with the Mitchell twins. Um, but, again, like the numbers that he put up this season, is he going to do that somewhere else? Because, again, in the losing program, I mean, and you're the guy, you're going to be taking the majority of the shots. He led in almost every category on the team. So if he goes into a different system, obviously it's not going to gel right away. But, I mean, he's been one of the most prolific scorers I've been able to watch in college basketball. Like, you know, obviously I haven't been to a lot of crazy venues, but, I mean, Ish, like, he brings it every game. You know what I mean? So um, I'm hoping for the best for him. I mean, I, I definitely can't see him bring that to another team. But, you know, how fast is that going to happen? Because, you know, the time's kind of ticking away on his on his uh, his time. You know what I mean? Yeah, look, I'll say this. I mean, for the portal first, I mean, fans are impatient, you know, with the four guys that are in the portal right now, I think you have to look at it as you can't be in love with the players that are, are choosing to leave or choosing to, you know, see their options, you know, out in the nation. You can't, you know, be emotionally attached. Again, we finished almost a last place team, pretty much in last place. So 
you know, it's not bad to, to change things. You know, there are teams in Rhode Island going through a lot worse, especially this week right now. So things are, are definitely um, on the bright side. You know, you have to be optimistic, you know, for those four guys starting with Ish. I mean, I agree with, with what Cam was saying. You know, you could look at a school like Arkansas. I think maybe somewhere in the DMV, he may still get offers from Maryland or I think you mentioned it, Mark Virginia Tech or, or Wake Forest or one of those schools. So um, he's going to get a Power 5 offer. Um, but and he already has but the question is does he put up the same numbers maybe he comes off the bench maybe he's a six man of the year but when you're the guy like cam was saying at a losing program like rhode island you're expected to take most of the shots to lead the scoring categories um so that's just on him i mean it sucks to see a lot of these players you know potentially leaving rhode island but you had to expect it was coming and then going back to the transfer portal Archie's a smart guy. He's been doing this for long enough. He succeeded in the Atlantic 10 once. He can certainly do it again. You know, he knows and his staff knows what they're looking for. They know how to build around the current pieces. And I think you guys bring up a good point in Rory Stewart. Um, I agree with both what Aiden and Cam were saying. I've been in the Ryan Center at times during practice or after practice, after media availability. And he's always the last player on the court, you know, practicing. Uh, I've seen graduate assistant Missoula um, rebounding him all the time. And I think what Aiden, Aiden made a good point is that he's really improved his shot. He's found, you know, more comfortability when he's getting minutes. And it's not, it's a lot to ask for a player to step into a role when, you know, a big forward goes down. Our front court was very weak. You know, if you have Abdu Sam and Alex Chiku in foul trouble, Rory Stewart and Malik Martin are your forwards out there and they're mismatched almost nine times out of 10. So, um, you know, I, I think there's an advantage getting Jeremy Fuminia this year, seven foot center. He has worked with, uh, Rory Stewart before they came in together so the chemistry will gel over time again Archie knows what he's looking for but it's all about recruiting towards his style and I just think that the transfer portal allows you to do that you know I, it sucks again that Ish has you know is potentially leaving likely going to leave Jalen Carey might be stepping away Sebastian Thomas Abdu Sam but again you had to expect it was coming now it's time to move on from that those were the players that paved the way for future you know, Rhode Island Rams to come into Kingston and when they eventually are making a push towards an at-large bid or a bid towards the NCAA tournament, um, you have to credit those players for kind of kickstarting that. But now it's, you know, who do we bring in to get us there? How do we get from point A to point B? And again, it's about building around, you know, who you have right here, right now, who they've already recruited. And that's Alex Chiku, Bilal, you know, some of the freshmen. I, I think Lou Hutchinson um, in time will be a really good player, you know, high IQ. Um, you know, he had a really good game against Stony Brook when Brown Freeman wasn't playing. He stepped up. Uh, Rory Stewart, again, I think over time he'll develop. He'll get bigger and stronger. Um, and then again, bringing in new talent. You know, again, the chemistry is going to flow in time, but fans are impatient. I mean, you know, they expect to win right away. They expect players to come back year in and year out. But, you know, year after year, it's just not going to happen. That's how college basketball operates. Players are going to see you know what works best for their them and their family what options are, are best for them out in in the country at the division one level and again it sucks but you know give it time he, he's won before at this level and you know two three four years you can't put a timeline on it he'll, he'll do it again the transfer portal is a very curious thing because when you look at just how many people hopped in the portal over the past like three weeks you're talking like over 800 we're probably nearing a thousand now and the season is still not even over because you're still in the middle of March Madness. So the transfer portal is very interesting in that because this is something new that a lot of people are still trying to like become accustomed to. 
Because you talk like five years ago, no one would have ever thought that the transfer portal would be like this for college sports. Professional sports, this is almost normal, but college sports, this was completely foreign. So this is obviously a new thing that fans have to adjust to. And it's funny because when you were talking about the impatience of fans, I remember talking to um, Abu Bakr of Roadie Vault. He used to play here at Rhode Island, so he's been around this program for decades. And we were talking about Rory Stewart. And he was talking about how he wasn't happy at how Rory Stewart was underperforming because he was brought in as a shooter who, quote-unquote, can't shoot. And that, even having someone who's so well-versed in Rhode Island men's basketball, someone that's been around the program for so long, to have said something that was so impatient just kind of summarizes how the fans were feeling. I, I think they didn't realize that, yeah, these players looked good on paper, you'd be looking at their stats from high school, looking at their size, and they just automatically assumed that it was going to transition to the college game and they were going to succeed. And then they were like, what's going on? How is this not working? And I feel like that that was something that it took fans a long time to realize that, all right, these are still kids. These guys are still developing. They've never played college basketball before. So that was something that they had to sort of learn and grow into. And then in terms of like sort of letting go of players, I mean... Leggett's going to hurt a lot for people because Leggett is so ingrained in the community here. His family's ingrained in the community here. He's just obviously, he's been Mr. Rhode Island. Like, he's been the best player on the team. Like, he's a guy that everyone loves to watch. And then you got someone like Sebastian Thomas who literally said it was his dream to play here. He went in high school, like, he wanted to play here and only here. And it sucks because he's not coming back. I reached out to him and he said, yeah, I'm hitting the portal. I'm not coming back here. And so that was a pretty disappointing thing to see for a lot of people because people thought that he was going to be an All-Atlantic 10 guard as he developed that was going to lead Rhode Island to success. But he's not, he's just told he's not going to come back. Mm. So you have to think about that. But then it's upsetting when you see guys like that leave. Because when you look at it at the pro at the pro level as well, you've got your favorite players on your favorite teams. When they leave, it hurts. But when you, the same thing goes for college, and it's just something that we're not used to, so that's why it hurts even more. It's people that you wouldn't think would ever leave, they are leaving, and they're not coming back. So I feel like that that's going to be something difficult. It's a difficult pill to swallow for roadie fans. But the transfer portal, people bringing in players, is a whole new horizon. Because you have all of these players that come from smaller schools that put up fantastic numbers or you've got guys from massive schools that maybe aren't playing that much but they've got the talent to be averaging like 20 points a game at a Rhode Island or something like that so I feel like that that's where it's it's interesting to see how this next couple of months are going to go because like you said Adam that Miller's very smart he knows what he's doing he knows how to work the transfer portal he knows how to recruit because he's going to be the main recruiter We've, we can't forget that Kenny Johnson's got a two-year recruiting ban because of the whole Petito scandal at Louisville. So this is all on Miller's shoulders, mainly. So you're going to have him doing a lot of the recruiting. And also last year, you had Leggett and Martin were the two kind of spokesmen for Rhode Island. Those were the guys that helped bring in guys like Brayon Freeman. They were the ones that sort of showed the guys that were touring like what this place is all about. You don't really have that anymore. Like You don't really have a veteran that's here that can be your spokesperson for you. Because, I mean, if Jalen Carey doesn't come back, all your seasoned veterans are gone. And it's all guys that were brought in by Miller. So I feel like that that's going to be a blow to recruiting. But at the same time, I mean, you have the allure of, like, mystery when it comes to a program like this. You have a 9-22 and program with backing from the school. They The school wants this program to get better. Like, they, you see it with the multi-million dollar basketball facility that they're building. 
So you have recruits that are going to be interested in something like that. So I feel like that that's going to be playing a part in this as well. And we've already had guys visit campus. Uh, Khalif Battle from Temple was on campus last week. I think um, Timberlake from Towson, like the 6'4 combo guard, I think he's coming to campus over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, so you got guys already coming to visit. So I feel like that it's going to be, it's the message that Miller gives them. Because you're not going to have a player message, it's just coming from him. So you're going to have, what's the message that Miller is going to give these guys to want to get him to play for him? Because they know he's demanding. He's maybe not as demanding as a Calipari or an Izzo, but he's still a very demanding and intimidating guy. And like kind of Cam, like what you said, where he's very assertive in practice. He gives off that sort of message where it's like, all right, you got to work it my way. Like, I'll let you have your creative freedom. He said that about Brian and Sebastian, where he wants them to sort of play to their strength and play with their versatility. But at the same time, like, you still got to listen to his game plan. You still got to sort of flow with how he wants to do because he knows how to win. And I feel like players gradually come to understand that. It takes time when you first meet him, but you slowly begin to understand this. So that's why I think that when you bring in transfers that fit his scheme, it's already going to be a better start because those players understand what he wants rather than having to conform to what he wants. You know what I mean? And you said that too, like, with, like, they need that veteran guy to be like, hey, you know, this is a school to play at. This is where, you know, we all, you know, developed, right? Somebody like that, I feel like Bassey could have been that guy. I mean, coming in next year as a junior, I mean, you don't blame players for going into the portal because they have their reasons and whatnot, but Bassey being a Providence native, I mean, and, you know, being in the system for how many years he's been, you know what I mean? Like, could really hone into the people coming in, like, you know, uh, transfers or true freshmen, like, you know, this is the place to be, this is who you want to be coached for. And, you know, just knowing a little bit about Sebastian's background, like, somebody who we played for in Jamal Gomes at Bishop Hendrick in, in Warwick, I mean, he has the same kind of, um, you know, mannerisms and coaching styles as Archie, you know, like, not demanding, but they're very, you know, loud and they get the message across in a, in a good way. Um, and, you know, just for me and Adam, being able to talk to college athletes and, and professional athletes that, you know, have, what we said earlier, transition from high school to the college level, like, it's not easy. You know, the game is changing. The pace of the game changes. So, you know, a lot goes into what programs you want to get into, you know, right out of high school and then, again, middle of college, where to transfer to. So, you know, it's a tough mindset for these players. Yeah, if I could just speak off of that. Um, look, you know, good players make you know, current players better. And those players right now at Rhode Island are going to improve in time. But like we keep talking about, we could sit here and talk about the guys that are already in the transfer portal and, oh, it sucks that we're losing them. Or we can look at the bright side. We can look at who are the guys, like you said, Mark, who we're going to bring in. I talked to Malik Martin last week, and, you know, he said that this past season we were losing a lot. But as a senior, I wanted to come back because I wanted to. And I actually asked him what his next step is. You know, is he going to go pro? He said he wants to get into coaching. And because he wants to be a part of that development for some of these guys. And when you have veterans, when you have seniors who have been here for long enough, the newcomers, whether they're by way of the transfer portal or, you know, by way of just AAU recruiting or high school recruiting, they're going to get better in time. Good players make good players better. And, and like we continue to talk about, Archie Miller is, is a smart guy. He's going to recruit to his scheme, his, his coaching style, you know, like whether that's Khalif Battle or Timberlake from Towson. It's going to happen in time, but I think people are just impatient and they want to see the recruits come in. But like you said, the NCAA tournament is still going on right now. You know, like none of the players who are leaving Rhode Island, or at least we know are going to leave Rhode Island, are committed anywhere else at the moment. You know, you have to look at the bright side of things and you have to understand that these are individuals, these are students, and they have their own situations. You know, whether, you know, they want to go and test out the waters at a bigger school or a mid major. 
I think Sebastian Thomas is a great example. You know, he's a Rhode Island guy, he's a local guy, but maybe he goes to a UMass Lowell or, you know, maybe a Bryant. Maybe he stays local, but he gets an opportunity to step in. You know, he has a few years of, you know, college basketball experience under his belt now. He can step in, he can be, you know, that impact or immediate impact guy for another coach or another team. It's all that fit. And Archie Miller, when he brings these players on visits, when they come to check out campus, he's going to give them what they want to hear. It's just about, you know, making sure that the fit and the chemistry is there. And that will come in time, but building around the players you, I can't stress it enough, building around the players you have now and then continuing to bring in that talent. But again, you don't know what a player is thinking. You don't know what's inside an athlete, a Division One athlete's head, you know, where they, you know, Ish may have already made up his mind for all we know. You know, he, he probably knows where, where he's going. You know, maybe one of those guys that Rhode Island is recruiting, I think I saw a list the other day of over 50 people that they've at least reached out to. You know, maybe one of them has already made up their have already made up their mind of you know they want to play in Kingston next year. It'll come in time, but like you were saying, and like we've all been saying, you know, you got to be patient because Archie and his staff know what they're doing. They know what they are looking to build around. Yeah, I think the fact of the matter is that every basketball fan south of Warwick right now is hitting that big fat red panic button right yep. in front of them. Yep. Yeah. And I think that we as a collective need to step away from the perspective of being a URI fan. We need to look at it as just basketball. The fact of the matter is, I'm pretty sure Abdu Sam averaged more fouls than points this year. Like, I'm just going to be straight up. Like, he came into each second half with at least three fouls. And then you have um, Sebastian Thomas, that I think was growing into his own as a, as a passer, but he was still looking to just uh, incorporate the scoring into his game. Brian Freeman, I think that... We, no one knows for sure, but there was definitely something going on inside the locker room that caused his, his dismissal. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think for a rebuilding team, that's something that you don't want. I think Ish hurts, honestly, but if you want to just get... Ish moving on isn't the worst thing. Allow him to go win somewhere. And then bring in a really, really good freshman guard who can be a four-year guard for you. And just allow him to develop within the system, whereas you're having him sit behind Ish for two years and you have him come in raw as like a junior you know I think that's that's something that you need to look at and then the the transfer portal I mean there's so many people out there for you to take in and you have to look at the people you have now I mean Rory Stewart is going to develop into something I believe I think Lewis Hutchinson has a lot of potential as well Brendan Weston has shown flashes as a guard who can move the ball and score from around the floor so just don't hit the panic button yet mm. because there's so much time. They don't tip off until November. It's March. Sit back. Let Miller do what he has to do. He's had enough media slack this year. I mean, I, 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 feel, I feel like I saw gray hairs just slowly coming in for him because mm-hmm. he just had pro Joe just, like, slamming him all year. And mm. just, like, you need to just let him, let him do his thing. He's succeeded before. He succeeded in the Big Ten. He succeeded in the Atlantic Ten. He knows how to win. Just let him bring in his players and do what he needs to do. Yeah, I mean, here's here's my thing, I, and this is sort of you know, as members of media, I, you know, I'm sure you guys are all aware too. But we, you really have to separate yourself from the majority of the fan base, um, because no matter what is said, and, and no matter what happens, and this isn't just go for college basketball. This is this is the world of sports in general. But people are not going to really respond kindly to you unless you win. And that's and 
like like you were saying before, Mark. You know, you know how Archie Miller was like, okay, guys, we're not gonna win that much this year. Be patient, and how you know nobody really listened to that. Um, so it's just like Aiden was saying, the fan the fan base is always gonna be impatient. That's gonna be the nature of it. But you know, you're absolutely right in saying, um, you know, let Archie you know have his time. You know, he's he's a smart guy that knows how to win all of that. But um, let my to, guy cook. Yeah, let him cook. <laughs> to your point, um, Aiden, you know, bringing in you know sort of a freshman who can develop and be your guy for four years. I think, um, you know, while the loss of Ish, while you know, while the graduation of Malik Martin, that that hurts us, and, and you know how we've been talking about how there's no real veteran presence there. I think that's also in a could be attractive to a young guy. It's all who, it's, it's very intriguing too. Yeah, like so you're you're being recruited by these schools and all of a sudden you have Rhode Island come to you. They have a, you know, a very very nice basketball facility building this new practice facility. You know, the school is investing in the program. Um, on the other end you have a really good women's program, you know, there's success in the future and you look at them and there's no one that they revolve around. So you you come to Rhode Island and suddenly you're like, I can be their guy. I can bring them back. There's a great coach here who wants me. They need someone who can, you know, you build a team around. And so I think when you have, like, you know, underclassmen, you know, freshmen, sophomores that are, that are coming and looking for a new school, I think that almost helps us as well. That, that, that's certainly a positive factor there. And then there's also the, the factor that, let's say I am a second-string guard at a Power 5 who is really good, but I have a top 15 NBA draft pick right above me. I'm not going to play. Yeah. Then I yeah. look I look to Rhode Island who while it's not a huge school has a decently sized market I'd say. Good rivals, solid fans when you're playing well. And I see a starting point guard position wide open for the taking with a coach who has won before. Why am I not snagging that up right then and there? Yeah. The only thing that I would say to that, Aiden, is what you were talking about earlier, is like um, when you see something like, you know, the situation with Brian, like obviously that comes from the locker room, something that we don't know the exact situation. Um, but again, like coming off a losing season, like that window for, you know, developing, you know, players that are transferring, it's short. You know, they want to they want to play at the pro level. They want to play at that next level. So it's, it's tough to kind of, again, you know, like you said, be that guy if you only have a year. I mean, looking at like another in-state rival like Providence, like they bring in a lot of seniors that have that one year where they, you know, some kind of shine. Like someone like Al Durham uh, from Providence, like he had that one year that he shined as a senior. Can Rhode Island be that school to bring in people like that and, you know, make runs like like Providence did? Like I feel like Archie and his staff can bring in guys like that, like you said. But it's tough because, again, looking at the season that they had last year, looking at some of the things behind the scenes that happened, you know, it's tough. But, again, like you said, that's a good point where a guy at like a, you know, a Big Ten school that, that has that potential but has like a – top 15 draft pick in front of him, he's not going to play. This is a school where he, they could play at and, and show that potential, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, I can, if I can just piggyback off of that, like Providence, for instance, obviously right now they're going through things, like you said, Aiden, you know, a lot of those fans are, are ready to hit the panic button. They have already hit the panic button. Exactly, yeah. You look at Twitter. <laughs> They've hit a lot of buttons. Maybe it was a surprise, though. I'm, I'm, that's... That's a big surprise. I, yeah, I, right. I was not expecting that whatsoever. I yeah. would have expected maybe a big uh, Power 5 coach, something like that, or a coach from out west. Kim English was not even on my radar. And then all of a sudden, two days ago, he's like, yeah, they're number one candidate. I'm like, okay, well, that that's something. Right. But, but sticking with, with that, and not to compare Rhode Island to Providence at all, but you know those athletic administrators and those athletic directors, whether they say they were, they weren't, they weren't really preparing for that. They didn't know that their 12-year, you know, end all be all head coach would just pack up everything and, and leave and you know have to start you know from square one start you know 
pretty much restart the entire program after making a Sweet 16 run and then making the tournament this season. And obviously, they didn't win in the first round, but there were things going on that week internally. But for Rhode Island, I mean, if you look at the last year, athletic director Thor Bjorn, Shane Donaldson, sports information director, associate athletic director, you know, they prepared for this. They knew that there were going to be growing pains in Rhode Island. They knew that bringing in a first-year head coach like Archie Miller, again, away from college basketball for a year, it would take a long time to get back to what Dan Hurley, or it would take a few years, you know, it'd be a process to get back to what Dan Hurley brought. For Providence, for instance, a Big East team, a Power Five, I mean, I, I would be panicking. For Rhode Island, you know, for the fans and for the media, I, I think Nathan put it best, you know, you can't, the media itself, they need to, like I said, you need to understand these are people. They're doing their job, and they need to do the best they can to to win. But obviously, you know, people are upset when you're not winning. For the fans, I mean, you have to understand these are students. Like I said, a lot of the players on this roster, aside from Malik and Jalen, have only, you know, they're 18, 19, 20 years old. So it, it's, it's going to take time. But I think that, like I said, there are schools in the Ocean State that have a lot more problems. We're in Division One in Power Five. They have a lot more problems than URI does, and I think, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You have to be optimistic, and like we've been saying, the transfer portal allows you to do that. So I might think, be a long tunnel, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, but but there, it's there. There's yeah. Optimism. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think Cam brought up a great point where Providence brings in these one-year ringers, but I think we need a combination of the two, because yeah. we've seen it. I mean, I think that the Dayton women's basketball team last year was a great example of this. They had some dogs, but they were yeah. all seniors. And then they left, and they were the second-worst team in the conference this year. I so mean, we stole one of them, too. So. True. <laughs> but you also have to look at the fact of the matter that you, aren't, you can't survive on veterans alone. I think you need, at least, you need a solid five-veteran starting squad, but then you also need five underclassmen that can come in and contribute in spots and then take their spots after that. And once they make that jump, you have someone come in and replace them. That's how you build dynasties. That's how you build teams that can succeed. And I don't think that URI's had that probably since 2018. I feel like that, going kind of going off of what the two of you said, it depends on just sort of your long-term goal. Because if you're constantly taking advantage of the portal and bringing in seniors every single year, every single year, you're just replenishing the stock that you lose. I feel like that it's just a recipe for short-term success. You're like, we're only focusing a season at a time, and we're going to fill it with seniors, and then we're just going to go make March Madness when the Big East do that. And that's what they do every year. And I think Cooley was so good at that because he was an excellent recruiter, he was an excellent spokesperson for Providence, so he was able... And also the Big East is just a better conference than the Atlantic 10. So more people are interested in going there. But I feel like that people were more enticed to go to a school like Providence because of all those factors. So that's how they were able to attract so many veteran players from other Power 5 schools to come in and do that. So there was never any like gaps in carryover as like players would graduate, players would enter the portal. There was never like a serious gap there. For Rhode Island, it's a different sort of mentality. Uh, Rhode Island wants to develop young guys. They want to have guys that have been there since freshmen that are raw, uncut players and develop them over time. Bringing in veteran guys like grad students, like five grad students to go make March Madness has never been the MO of Rhode Island. It never has been and probably won't. So that's, I agree with what you were saying where it's like you want a combination of the two. And that's why it works for Providence because they have a lot of younger guys that were 
in the lesser ranks of like last year's team. Because last year they graduated, I think, six seniors. And they had all of those guys waiting in the wings to kind of make that jump. And then they coupled them with veteran guards. I feel like that URI are in a position right now where they can do something like that. Because they have these younger guys who are all freshmen, sophomores, that have finally played some college basketball under their belt. And now they're starting to develop. So then once you have that sort of core of younger guys that understand the system, they understand the environment that they're playing in, because when the Ryan Center's packed, that's an environment that's not really matched by a lot of schools in the Northeast. So you have that particular environment, and then you bring in some grad students. You bring in some grad transfers, some maybe second-string guys from big, um, like Big Ten or ACC schools or SEC schools, and do that. And will that do, uh, translate to immediate success? Probably not. But it's getting you so much further on the right path mm. than it would be is just continuing to let these guys develop over time. And I feel like that's what the glory of the transfer portal is because six years ago, you'd be sticking with these guys. You'd be sticking with these younger guys and you'd be having the freshman recruits come in and you'd be kind of just recycling the same, pro- um, the same problem where you've got these younger guys that are underdeveloped and they have to take time to develop. And will they all develop at the same time? That's the gamble you took. I mean, but, yeah. if you look at the 2017 and 18 teams that Dan Hurley put together and they made pushes to the NCAA tournament, you know, Fats Russell and Jeff Doughton were freshmen and sophomores coming off the bench. And that just speaks to the depth. I think when you're recruiting, and Cam, maybe you can relate to this just from talking to a lot of you know student-athletes, I feel like most athletes are recruiting towards the coach. You know, they're not... It's less the school, it's less the place. I mean, you know, a lot of people would rather be in New York City or L.A. or California than than Rhode Island, you know. But Archie Miller is the head coach. You know, a lot of schools in New York or California or some of these big capitals or basketball capitals like Washington, D.C. or Philly, they don't have a coach like Archie Miller. They don't have a venue like the Ryan Center. So I think, you know, for... A lot of incoming athletes, you know, they will see that they have an opportunity to play for a coach like Archie. They know what his goal is, his end-all goal um, is, you know, in three or four years down the road, and they'll sign up. They'll be on board. But I think you bring up a good point in that you need to have players that are going to transition and set up the next players. I think the downside to that is that, you know, back then the transfer portal wasn't as prominent, and, you know, players were transferring, but it wasn't 800 in the first two weeks after the regular season ends, you know? Um, So I think, you know, now you have to kind of look at it from a different lens and that players are going to come and go. It's like free agents, like anything else. But um, again, you can, you can do everything right. You can make a player feel welcome. They could succeed here at URI. But the problem is, is that Rhode Island has had three different coaches and a coach like Dan Hurley, right? He's not going to stay at Rhode Island. You know, Rhode Island is a mid-major. They're a stepping stone for coaches, for players to go up, and if they can get an opportunity at a Power 5, they're going to. Unfortunately, that's just the case. With Providence, that's it. You're in the Big East. You're, you know, how far do you go up from there? So I think you, know, you have to look at it as we'll bring you in. We need you to do what you're going to do. And you know, if, you, if you leave, that's okay. But we want you to make the most out of your situation while you're here at URI. And I think you're going to have to try and recruit guys that are going to be here for four years, but you're not going to get a Malik. And even he transferred in a Malik Martin or an Antoine Walker who even transferred in and then transferred out. You know, it just doesn't happen as much anymore. But when you look at those two teams and what Dan Hurley did for a minute, I mean, most of those guys, like even Jeff Doughton, he's a great example. 
he spent all four years at Rhode Island. Now he's in the NBA, you know? So the, the um, kind of touching on what you had just said about how players and coaches are kind of coming in and out and that mid-major schools like Rhode Island are stepping stones in a way. You're not really going to, you don't, you're really not going to see guys like Armando Baycott anymore who are going to be like fifth years at UNC. Like obviously like UNC is the pinnacle program and he's been their guy forever, but it's like, you're not going to see four or five year guys that right. much anymore. And the same thing kind of goes with coaches. I mean, that was kind of the conversation when Cooley had left where it was like, where are you going? Like, there's where, like, where else are you going to go? There's and, no... And look where he went. He stayed within the conference. And he so. went to Georgetown, which right. is honestly a lateral, if not downgrade, for outside Definitely of, like... Of yeah, well, they, it's a downgrade, I've, but location-wise and program-wise, I think it could be an upgrade. There's, I mean, there's a lot of potential with Georgetown. Yeah. That was his argument. I don't get, but, though, but someone like Patrick Ewing, like an NBA Hall of Famer, how does that not bring in... I always said, how does that not bring in college kids coming in as a freshman? Like, oh my god! Like, I feel like these players don't even know who Patrick Ewing is. It wasn't. It wasn't in terms of. It wasn't in terms of recruiting because they had good players while he was. And there. they won the Big East what a year or two ago? Like they they you know they, I mean? they had good players, but he was just a terrible coach. But that that's just yeah. how it was. That he was just no, not a just not, not a good yeah. coach. It goes back to the point. You you go to a place to play for the coach. It's less the place, exactly. but you're going to play for Ed Cooley or Archie Miller. You're not going to. You know Philadelphia to play for, you know I don't know random you know guy you know now you might go to the Bronx and play for Keith Ergo he's building up his resume you know he's kind of changing that New York narrative mid major narrative but you know North Carolina for instance Roy Williams and, and Coach K why why would you go to North Carolina when you can go and play you know in Philly or DC or you know again one of these bigger states one of these basketball capitals I mean and North Carolina is a basketball capital but. It's the coach. I mean, who wouldn't want to play for Coach K or Coach Williams? You know, yeah. You know, so. That's kind of the issue that I'm worried about with Miller is that Miller. I've talked about this with reporters from the Providence Journal and the Independent, and they're fairly confident that Miller's not going to stay longer than his contract. That he's going to take off after three or four years. I don't know if it's a three or four year contract, but they're confident that he's going to take off. He's going to get us to like a couple games above 500, make a run in the Atlantic 10 championship, and then once, like, the second he gets a Power 5 offer, he's gone. And at first, I didn't really agree with that because I was like, I don't know, he seems to like it here. He's enjoy he's settled down here. He's got a nice house. He's, the community loves him, and he seems to be enjoying it here. But then you kind of realize, like, all right, well, he was super successful at Dayton. He could have kept winning at Dayton and made himself the most successful A-10 coach of all time. And then he went to Indiana, who some years are a perennial powerhouse and then some years they're not and then he goes to indiana and then they weren't and so then i feel like that that's going to be a bit of a concern for in two years time i feel like that's going to be a conversation we're going to come back to is that is miller actually going to stay beyond his contract is he going to stay for like six seven years like are we going to have him really develop something here because when in the way that rhode island's trying to develop their players you almost want them to sort of develop into like a bit of like a dynasty type thing where they're going to be able to succeed long term. You can't do that if Miller leaves at the end of his contract because right. his contract is short. Yeah. It's not Tammy Reese with a 10-year contract where he's got she's got all the time in the world yeah. to build the best women's basketball program in the Northeast. And she to already has. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to rival yeah. UConn, something like that. Right. She's already achieved more success than this program has ever seen. In four years. In one, this well, yeah, season was one. the most successful season in women's basketball. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, first yeah, year. Yeah. She has nine more years to better 
the best season in program history, and that's not even difficult for her. But the issue with Miller is that what Miller is trying to do, he's talking about how this is going to take a lot of time. And he, he said, this is going to take a lot of time, you got to stick with me, whatever. Is that all just a facade? Mm-hmm. Is he just saying that, and by the time we're ready, is he going to jump ship? Like, is he going to, like, by the time we're ready, by the time we finally make a stride in that third year, we're like one season away from really competing for the Atlantic 10. Is he going to get, like, an ACC offer from, like, a Boston college? Is he going to get, like, a small SEC offer? And is he going to want to take that to try and get back to the big time? That's what a lot of these coaches try to do. That's, like, what Rick Pitino is trying to do right now. It's not even coaches, too. Like, players, like, like, obviously every player wants to win. But every player in college wants to play at the next level. You know what I mean? So it's it, it's the same way with coaches. They want to coach at the best level they can, and they want to make you know they want to build a legacy. Obviously, they want to build a winning program. But at the end of the day, these players they want to play in the NBA. They want to play overseas. They want to play professional basketball. So the coaches have to take that into account too. And where can I find the best guys to win and develop in the program? Like you said, and Aiden said too. Like everyone's saying, we need that core of like young guys to kind of really build in the program. Like someone like a Jeff Dowden. You know what I mean, like, and then bring in those grad guys, like you know, look at. I'm not trying to compare Providence to URI, but somebody like a Bryce Hopkins who is a sophomore, he's gonna probably be in that program until he graduates, and he's their guy as a sophomore. You know what I mean? So we kind of need to find guys like that, and then again, like we said, bring in those grad to kind of make a full roster. I feel like we've been talking about how to build a dynasty for the past 15 minutes, and we're missing one piece. We talked about players, systems, coaches, just locations of the school. You cannot run a dynasty basketball franchise at a 25% fan capacity. It just doesn't work. I mean, Adam, I mean, I'd say you were probably at every men's game, and Mark as well. What were the two most crowded games this year? Providence. UMass. And UMass. I'd say Dayton over UMass. I agree. And, and Dayton as well, yeah. Oh, so that, the, those were the three, yeah. And, 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 and then everything. Bring in a good opponent and bring, yes. fans will come out. And then every time that we had a massive crowd, I think Providence is, I, I mean, I've been to several professional sporting events. I've been to NHL Game 7s, like the best atmosphere you can be in. And Providence URI this year was the best sports atmosphere I have ever been in. And what happened in the first quarter, in the first half? We just sprinted out. We flattened them in the first five or so minutes. That's what the fans bring. But when you have 25% fan capacity and 17 students in the student section, you lose that edge. You lose the home court advantage. It becomes a neutral site at that point. You right. you basically have your PA announcer, yeah, and that's all you have. Yeah, away fans than the home fans. And what's yeah. the point? I so, I mean, I think that you need to consistently bring in fans, and that, that comes on the students to build a good student section time in and time out. That comes from just the local people that live here around, around here to come to games and just support and not hit the panic button. But we've seen a couple times this year what impact a huge electric crowd can bring, and I think we need to see that on a more regular basis to see some strides. And I think with games, sorry to cut you off, I think with games being on national television as well, you want to sell tickets in yeah. the Ryan Center. You want to fill the lower bowl. And players players entering the transfer portal, they'll see that. I mean, it's an industry. People forget this is an industry. Coaches are going to leave, players are going to leave, but they're going to go to a school. I mean, look, like, they're going to go to a school that has a packed crowd, has a packed student section. My freshman year... You know, I know none of you were here for that. It was cut short by by COVID. Coach Cox's, I think, second year. Um, they were a good team. I mean, we beat Alabama, we beat VCU, we beat Providence at the Ryan Center. But 
obviously Dayton was the only thing we'll be topping. Dayton were, were the only thing standing in our way. But how can Archie Miller and that will that will be on the coaching staff? How can they sell tickets? Because then you sell tickets, you get people to come out, you get the local support, you get the student section support. Players are going to want to come and play yeah. the road. I think, um, and and the fans are there. They exist. We've seen there's potential. We've seen the Ryan Center can be filled. You know, we saw it versus Dayton. We saw it versus Providence. But ultimately, this record isn't going to bring kids out on 2 p.m. on a Saturday, no matter how many lawn signs you put on campus. Like, it's not going to happen. And so um, I think the fans kind of come with time. As Archie continues to, to build this program, you know, as, you can, as they continue to get better, I think the fans will come. Um, but I, I agree with you where there needs to be a... a sort of a point of emphasis is like how okay how do we get people here because people when people are here we perform well and we win you win that's yeah. how you get fans here you win and how many times it's, are you going to see pl- like NBA players not to like cut you off but like Jimmy Butler Kyle Lott, like that was a once well they were there because of Providence exactly. right. that's, Ray Allen Ray they, Allen come on Quinn, that, Cook, Quinn Cook was here the thing, here, like, the thing about getting the fans in you need to win Yeah, that's how it is look at the Oakland Athletics they averaged like 800 fans as an MLB franchise it's because they're the worst franchise in baseball so when you do not win, you don't get fans. Like that's just how it is. We were a nine and twenty-two um, program. Of course, you're not gonna have fans. The students on this campus care about a couple things, but one of the big things they care about is partying. You can couple basketball and partying if the basketball team is winning, but they're not gonna distract themselves with basketball from other things if the basketball team doesn't deserve it. That's what the New York fans. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But the thing is, is the thing about URI basketball, it was the same thing last year. When the team, like we were, I think we were a game under five hundred last year. And the on senior day when we beat Davidson, there were eight people in the student section. I counted. There were eight people in the student section on senior day, and we beat the number one team in the conference. So it's. I feel like that it goes back to the sense of a little bit of entitlement from URI fans. But then there's also the expectations that are way too high. The expectations are way too high. And obviously, like Nathan, what you said, it's going to come with time. The only way fans are going to come in is if you start winning. Yeah. But then and, again, I, I sorry, you can you're finish. Good. You're good. Go, go, go. Okay. But then again, the, the fans left after the first game. The student section was, I would say, a decent size in that first game. And then we lost... It wasn't an egregious loss either. I think we lost by what, like six, seven points, probably. Yeah, seven points. And most of those first games, sorry to cut you off, were you know one, two possession games. You know, yeah. they were close. we were in almost every. And game. then, yeah. and then we lost the first three games. We weren't getting blown out the door, but we lost, and everybody left. Everybody gave up. People that I would say, "Are you going to the game tonight?" I said, "Nah, bro, we suck." I'm like, "It's it's November. It's like, November. We haven't even gotten to conference play." This and they everybody just gave up. This season, the URI men's team had nine games, nine losses. They lost by under five points. Exactly. So many games under the other under way. five exactly. points, and it was that's the crazy thing is is that this season could have gone so differently if. Different things at the end of games worked worked out in Rhode Island's favor. And I mean, obviously, Miller harped on this so many times that fans give us the edge. Fans give us the edge. And I feel like that every team says that. Every team believes that fans give you the edge, home court advantage, so on and so forth. I mean, it's kind of difficult to plan or plan like this, 
You almost want to encourage Miller to plan as if there's not going to be any fans. Plan like it's a COVID year and there's no one there. And if you can come flying out of the gate in front of nobody and perform at a high at, at a high caliber, fans are going to come back. It's almost just like a bit of reverse psychology to sort of attract the fans to come in because you're going to play well with them, play well regardless if they're there or not. But I mean, it's it. I feel like that it's just the culture of the school in general. If you go to an SEC school or an ACC school, it doesn't matter. You can have zero wins and you're going to have a packed crowd at North Carolina. That's just how it is. And Rhode Island basketball, because of the fact that over the past like six years, they haven't really been that good, fans have kind of been learning that, all right, like, do I really want to waste a Saturday going to see a basketball game and just get upset at the end? That's what people have ex- expectations for every single basketball game. And I feel like that as... Time goes on, the fans are going to come back. You're going to realize that, all right, no, this is fun. This is a fun atmosphere. But the issue is that I feel like that Miller, his mentality when it comes to playing in home games, I feel like that this coming season, now that he's kind of seen how the fans can turn on him, don't plan to have the fans on your side. You really just shouldn't at that point. And you should kind of give them a reason to come back. And he's even spoke about it at a press conference where he's like, I want to apologize to the fans. This is terrible. Fans deserve a refund. Stuff like that. And honestly, like, that's what you... That's the kind of mentality you have to have. Just like, you want to perform to make them want to come see you. That's what you have. You can't expect them to be there because they might not always be there. You need to make sure that they have a reason to come see you. And I feel like that that's something that the players are going to start to learn as they come in because uh, as the young guys get older, and that's what the transfers are going to realize as well. You have to make them want to come see you because they're a difficult crowd to please. Um, so, yeah, we're just about out of time here. So, I mean, guys, if you want to give your final passing thoughts on this season and a little bit of a look forward to next season. Uh, do not hit the panic button just yet. Let Archie cook. Um, it's it's going to be a, a tough off season, but I think if we make a couple right moves, it can just it can bounce off of each other and couple each other, and make for a really good improvement going into November. So uh, yeah, just uh, with all that, just go roadie, I guess. Yeah, for me, it's uh, have expectations, but be ready for another tough season. You know, be okay if the next if next season isn't much better, um, and look at the progress you know we're making. Um, as a team, but yeah, uh, you know, Archie told us, and, and it, the rebuilds are a long process. They're a long, painful process, um, and fans don't always want to sit with that. So I think you know, just just sort of be ready um, to be in it for the long run with this team because they will get better over time, and and um, kind of look forward to that point in two, three years when we can compete for the Atlanticton Conference game. You know, if we play our cards right. So you know. Just have hope for the rest of the season or the rest of, you know, Miller's contract here, if not more. And I would say for somebody like me, you know, transferring from a D3 school to a D1 school and, you know, being able to cover Division One sports, the Ryan Center is definitely somewhere you want to be. And it's definitely an, an atmosphere where players can feel welcomed and they can play in front of, again, like I don't know the crowd this season wasn't as, you know, packed as we expected, but it's definitely a, an arena that we've seen packed and that can get loud and rowdy. And a lot of coaches, like somebody like Ed Cooley, said sometimes it's one of the toughest places to play in. So... Uh, I feel like fans should have optimism and be excited for next year. For somebody like me, I'm very excited to see Jeremy uh, Fumena next season. He's going to be a huge asset to this team. So, um, again, with that, like Aiden said, go roadie. And just don't hit the panic button just yet. I mean, look, I'll say this. You know, there are going to be growing pains like Nathan alluded to. You know, it's not going to be easy, but the fans have to get out there. Um, a lot of these games were, like we said, were decided in the final four minutes, the final one or two possessions. 
now you're bringing in a new group of people, but Archie Archie knows what he's doing. Let him cook. Uh, let him let him go to work. Uh, he's won at this level before, even in his final season at Indiana. Obviously, that was when COVID outbroke, but they were having a good year, you know. And and he was away from college basketball, and now you have to restart a program. But I mean, if if Providence, Rhode Island, can get fans to come out, and again, that comes with winning. So can Kingston, Rhode Island. So could Bryant, a smaller gym, smaller venue. Um, and they had a really great season last year, and a little bit of a a challenging season this year with a newer conference, but. It's not. We're in the Atlantic Ten. The Atlantic Ten is a good conference. We're playing in the Ryan Center, like Cam said. Fans have to get out there. They have to come and see the product that this coaching staff is going to put out there. And it may not be next year. It may not be the year after. But it will come in time. And you know, with that, go Rody. All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining me today. This is an excellent discussion. I feel like you guys give a lot of really good insight into this program since we've all been surrounded by it and watching it grow over the past couple of years. And everybody, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Friday with a new guest as always. I will see you later.